Hey everyone, it's your friends, Karen and Laura. Hey. Hi. We are here today with another edition of Behind the Mask. And what's really cool about today's podcast is our guest is actually from the same state as our first sponsor. So our sponsor today is Studio 88, Dentistry's story-driven marketing agency. For the first time, dental practices don't have to choose between a beautiful website and performance digital marketing. Studio 88's story-driven web experiences, along with their performance-based marketing packages, give practices the best of both worlds. Yes, it's beauty and science that come together in what might be the last website you'll ever need that attracts, captivates, and connects with your community. Dentistry needs better stories. You have a story worth sharing, and Studio 88 are committed to bringing it to life. Check out their website to learn more, s8e8.com, or find them on Instagram at Studio8e8. We're also brought to you today by SKF Practice Solutions. At SKF Practice Solutions, they're exclusively devoted to open dental software training and revenue cycle management. Why does that matter? Their laser focus means they know this specific software's ins and outs better than anyone else. That's right. They've noticed that many dentists, especially those striving to strike the right work-life balance, can feel overwhelmed with the complexities of private practices. Their services are tailored for them. By partnering with SKF Practice Solutions, dentists can significantly boost their practice efficiency, reduce burnout, and most importantly, find more time for what truly matters. Yes, and you know we like that. So every Mm -hmm. step of the way, SKF Practice Solutions upholds their core values. Integrity, efficiency, accuracy, knowledge, and gratitude. So let's empower your practice today. Visit skfpracticesolutions.com forward slash mint to get a free copy of their RCM toolkit. And now... On to the episode of Behind the Mask. Hey, everyone. It's your friends, Karen and Laura. Hey. Hey, Karen. You know, fall is almost upon us. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And how I sometimes feel about fall is like if you're running on a treadmill and all of a sudden somebody turns up the speed Mm -hmm. super fast and you are sprinting and before you know it, it's New Year's. Do you ever feel that way? It feels scary when you put it that way. I know. Uh, So we're here today to say, you know what? Take control of that speed dial on your treadmill and slow down. We have a limited number of phenomenal Harmony workshops for you and your dental team that are complimentary and a really great way to refocus and take control of that speed dial on your treadmill. So reach out today, send us a DM and just say Harmony and we'll get in touch and set it up. Yeah, that sounds so super fun that we're going to get to do some of those. Now, have you ever wanted to get inside the mind of someone who has reached the top of their game? Well, look no further because here at the Mint Door podcast, we have created a revolutionary format that gives our guests 
on our platform a chance to share their experiences and their insights on two simple yet powerful questions. Mm. So today we have Chief Marketing Officer, Coach, Baker, Cyclist, Cancer Conqueror, and Philanthropist. Christy Boltz is on a mission to make everyone she interacts with become a better version of themselves. She works with dentists and their teams who want to be better, better in their marketing efforts, better team members, and better people. We guarantee that after hearing Christy's message, you'll feel like someone gave you a Wonder Woman cape and the power to set the world on fire. Yeah, we can't wait. So join us as we explore and learn together on Behind the Mask. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's Mint Door podcast episode. I have a question for you. Have you ever wanted to get inside the mind of someone who has reached the top of their game? Well, look no further because today at the Mint Door, we have created a revolutionary format that gives our guests a platform to share their experiences and insights on two simple yet powerful questions. So welcome today, our guest, Christy Boltz, and join us as we explore and learn together. We're so excited to have you here, Christy. Thanks for being on. I am overjoyed. <laughs> and for those people Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. For those people listening on audio, there was a really good video that went with that. Christy is super excited. You can just tell. <laughs> so we are privileged to get to know the secrets behind all of our fabulous guests. And our first question for you, Christy, is can you tell us a little bit about in the past, what insecurities have you had that you've maybe kept hidden behind a professional mask that you put on? I think that's a longer list than many of us would like to admit. Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is that for many years, um, I did not consider myself a success as a speaker uh, because I had not graced the stage of the Hinman meeting or the Chicago Midwinter or some of these bigger conferences in our industry. Um, I came to the dental industry uh, at a relatively young age. I came out of education. I came out of mathematics. I, I was a numbers nerd, um, but I grew up with two parents who are really, really good public speakers. And as a child, we would often give presentations and speeches. Right? So this is not, you know, that people are like, oh, there, there's this common fear, public speaking, don't have it don't have it at all, right? Wanted to be a speaker, wanted to be on stage because I think the story I told myself was that is how you make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, because I wasn't on those stages, I told myself, you're not a success. Mm -hmm. The story that I told myself was I didn't want to be on the road 258 days a year. And that's what it was going to take to be a professional speaker. And nobody was paying me you know, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 to get up and, and give a keynote address. And so I, I wasn't a success. Mm -hmm. 
And I've since realized how wrong that is. That's, I love, I love that. It's, there's, there's a whole arc to that story, um, to bringing you where you are today. Mm-hmm. How did those insecurities, do you think, how did they shape the Christie that we see in front of us right now? I think if I go back to my parents, um, feel the fear and do it anyway. I think that I was determined to keep going. And I was able to start to see almost like the door when that that door starts to open. And you can see that little sliver of light peek through that you would have an opportunity and maybe I would speak in front of like 10 people and people would go, gosh, that was fantastic. And I would start to say, of course, it's fantastic. Like I'm sh- I should be on the stage. And then I caught myself and I went, thank you. Mm-hmm. Right? And the insecurity, I think, stemmed from I'm not a success to I'm a success every time I talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. If I let it be that. If I'm so worried that it's not this, that, oh, I, I'm only speaking to 12, not 100, or I'm only coaching a team of five, not a team of 50. It's like, if I let it be the success it is, mm-hmm. then other things start to happen. So having heard you speak, and being impacted by your speaking, um, I would say that you have elevated from that insecurity and turned it into something beautiful. If there was a lesson from all this that you could, you know, either go back in the past and give your younger self or visit your future self who's dealing with a future challenge, what advice would you give those two people? Well, for all of those who are listening, whenever this is released, we've realized that perhaps we could have recorded the pre-conversation of this podcast (laughs) because we ended up talking about the same thing. What a joy to be able to sit here today, the three of us, and even have the opportunity to consider a future version of myself. My younger self always assumed there would be a future version of myself, and that future version of myself was going to be a success. And great. And there are things that happen to you where you suddenly realize, you know what? Tomorrow is not a guarantee. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would tell my younger self is be patient, Mm -hmm. slow down, do the work. I would also tell both my younger self and my older self and myself right now, Tomorrow is not 
a guarantee. And yet, be patient. Do the work. There is joy in every step if we allow there to be. Where we get in trouble is when we're in such a hurry. Or I'll be happy when. Mm-hmm. I'll be successful when. And that's that's different than having goals. I can have goals and know that tomorrow is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Do the work. But don't get so caught up in the work that you miss the day you're in. That is sound advice. Even if it's only for me. (laughs) No, I think that is something that we can all gleam some insight from. And it makes me think of the fact that you love to bake. Mm. Do you, as the the self that you are now, having told that younger self, be patient, do the work, does that infuse into all areas of your life? Like, for instance, baking now. There are times when I am more patient than others in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) However. I will say this. Um, I'm a numbers geek, right? So if you talk to anybody, the difference between cooking and baking, okay, now I like to do both, but you'll hear people say baking, Karen's daughter will tell us this, baking is precise, baking is chemistry. You can't just start throwing things in there, right? Um, usually this time of year, every Tuesday and Thursday night, you'll find me in a parking lot about 10 miles down the road at about quarter to 6 p.m. for a group cycling ride. Our local cycling club meets Tuesday and Thursday nights. And I am known now as the girl who brings the treats. (laughs) Now, first of all, I'm one of the only women. Okay. There's got to be like 150 guys and there might be like three women. So part of it was selfish because I was like, hey, I'm going to bring these treats and then they're not going to drop me. Right. They'll they'll wait if I have cookies. Okay. Um, they will tell you that 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 was not needed. But there are times where I need a quick win. And I tell clients and friends this all the time. It's like going out to the garden and pulling weeds. Mm -hmm. There's an immediate sense of satisfaction that comes when you've weeded a whole row and you can see that that work is done. Mm -hmm. I do not try a new recipe when I've had a hard day. Mm-hmm. I think patience comes to us at different times. Mm-hmm. And I think there are some times where when you've been beaten up, whether that's at home or at work, and I, I use that term metaphorically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you need a victory. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll find me in the kitchen baking something that's going to make people happy because that's a quick win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
There's a that's a good. I was going to say the word recipe, and I'm not using that as a pun, but it's a good recipe for everything in life. That maybe on those times when your energy is low, or you're tired, or things aren't aren't easy, that isn't the time to try something new. That's the time to go back to what you know well works, works well. And it needs to be something where you can see a relatively quick result. There's so much in our lives, really, the good the good work that we get to do with people takes time. Okay. We've got to get out of this fantasy that, oh, I'm going to do something. And in 30 seconds, everything's going to be fixed, right? The good stuff in life, all the good things, all the good things take time. Okay. However, when you're not feeling particularly patient or when you have experienced, I'm a big believer in failing for failing forward. Um, a couple weeks ago, I made some wonderful treats, new recipes, new recipes, put them on the counter, left, came back on the floor. The dog had wedged his way, opened the huge barn door with his nose, eaten half the pan of a pan of brownies that took me a solid three hours to make. I mean, different layers and flavor profiles. And he ate half of them. And I thought to myself, well, I can just not go to the ride I can go with no treats or I can make something that I know I can pull together in 27 minutes and pull it off. What do you think I did? I'd be willing to bet you made something that you could make in 27 minutes. (laughs) And then I felt better, right? It's like, if you are having a particularly challenging day, find some, I, it's in my, you can do hard things talk, find ways to feel like yourself, find a quick win. Mm-hmm. Do not make that the day that you're going to go. Yeah, I'm really going to tackle this very difficult challenge that I've been really putting off because then you're just going to feel 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. It is. We wanted to ask you about that you can do hard things because this is, I associate that phrase with you. So, can you just share with everybody who's listening? A little bit about that, maybe where it came from, because I know there's a good story with it. Yeah, there is a great story. Thanks for asking. It came from my dad. Um, I am touched that when you hear that, you think of me, because when I hear that, I, I think of my dad. And I, I don't think he ever taught his children that, thinking that it would be part of his legacy. He started telling us that when we were kids. And he started using it because he was the scout master for some 12 and 13 year old boys in the Boy Scouts. And 12 and 13 year old boys need something to keep them busy. So he would take them out on these um, different camping adventures. And I grew up in Northern California. And so they worked their way around the Bay Area through a series of patches, kind of all the way up to this really big hike in the Marble Mountain Wilderness. You can Google that. Marble Mountain Wilderness, and it was going to be a 50 miler. Now, um, trying to get 12 to 13 year old boys to prepare themselves for a 50 mile hike, let alone one where everything goes well, is one thing. But this particular hike uh, turned out to be a very, very difficult challenge. The weather was terrible. They got lost. There was one of the leaders who got hurt. Um, my father came back from that hike, not thinking that he would have hiked out alive. He woke up one day and felt like a fat woman was sitting on his chest. He was 44 years old. 
And several days after coming home from the hike, he was in the hospital in San Francisco having triple bypass surgery. Oh my gosh. So the you can do hard things stemmed not only from I want to teach my kids and boys, but he said that to himself to be able to get out. Mm. And he used it when I was in college. He used it when I was in my 20s. He used it when I was, he still uses it with me to this day. Um, And it's the voice in my head. You know, we talk about the importance of meditation and a mantra and getting yourself to a point through breath work or through positive self-talk where your automatic response is what you want it to be. My automatic response is not, I can't do this. My automatic response, thanks thanks to my dad and my mom, she just didn't coin the phrase, um, is I can do hard things. And hard is relative. And it's different for everyone. But you can do hard things. Is true. Mm-hmm. I can think even just today, I'm getting there's there's one friend of mine that's going to I, I'm going to tell her that today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share it with her. Um, because I know that will make a difference. Mm-hmm. So such wise words, mm-hmm. such wise words. Mm-hmm. People go through hard things, whether it's personal professional, homework, wherever that may be. Um, Can you tell us and share a little bit about how you support some people in dentistry and maybe the hard things that they go through, how you help them? You know, remember I said I thought I was a failure because I wasn't on a big stage. First of all, there's something to be said for timing. Many of us are not very patient. I am grateful that in certain circles in dentistry, people don't first think of me and, oh, that's Christy Nation Bolt. She, um, she's a fractional CMO. She's been a fractional CMO since 2008. That's not what they think. They think, that's Christy Boltz. I know her as the girl who can do hard things. They could not tell you what I do professionally at all. But I have gotten notes and cards and texts that say, thanks for making me feel better. Thanks for helping me get through something. Thanks for um, shining a light. Nothing to do with being a chief marketing officer, or is it? I mean, it might be the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it is my my goal in all my work, uh, charitable work, my professional life with my friends and with my family is to help people, myself included, probably more than anyone, be better every single day. And sometimes that's doing a hard thing, but sometimes that's through service. 
Sometimes that's through learning. I mean, there's just the possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to walk away from a conversation with me and go, ah, she was all right. (laughs) I want them to walk away from a conversation and go, I feel freaking awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I think you've, I think you've hit that one pretty much with everybody that you touch. So I, I think you should give yourself, I think you should celebrate that win. That's a win we're celebrating. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only do you touch people, everyone that you come in contact with, um, but you like to give back. Um, And, you know, we're sitting here and if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the beautiful background that Christy has. Um, There's some bikers on a road. It's probably in California on, on, right? Keep the ocean on your right. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about C-A-F, why that's important to you and and how you're involved with giving back and if someone's so inspired, how they could get involved. Kind of goes back to that. Um, you can do hard things. C-A-F stands for Challenged Athletes Foundation, a nonprofit organization that was formed by a couple friends in San Diego. Um, 30 years ago, Mm. when their friend needed a piece of adaptive equipment. And some of you listening are young enough that you have grown up with the Paralympics, that seeing people as amputees with physical challenges is no big thing. I did, the three of us uh, did not grow up that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Challenge Athletes Foundation provides grants to people who need adaptive sports equipment. There's all kinds of things that sports does for us and community does for us. And if you want a running leg, your insurance company will not cover that. If you want a wheelchair for basketball, if you want some kind of uh, adaptive camp so that you can learn how to play blind soccer, by the way, Google that. And while you're Googling things, wheelchair rugby is a thing and you need to know about it, okay? It is awesome. Um, I have loved riding my bike. Remember my dad, triple bypass surgery, comes home from the hospital, goes and gets his old Raleigh from college, starts riding it around the block, like in jean shorts. Hey, I always tell people my dad taught me to ride a bike twice. So I got really into cycling in my early twenties because my dad got into cycling. I did my first century with my dad. So, um, I'm always out looking for hard things I can do on purpose, right? Always easier to pick hard things rather than have hard things assigned to us. So I said, I'm going to do an Ironman before I'm 30. Lo and behold, that came and went. Okay. I walked the whole marathon, still did it. Still counts. (laughs) Okay. However, CAF had a ride from San Francisco to San Diego. 620 miles, seven days, it was called the Million Dollar Challenge. Everybody that signed up needed to raise $10,000. Wow. 
100 riders, $10,000, million dollar challenge. Why that much money? Well, a prosthetic running leg is about 5,000 bucks. And if their kids, think about how often your kids need shoes, mm. that's how often you need a new prosthetic because you grow. Mm. Okay? Think how we as women, oh, I gained and lost three pounds in my clothes. Your prosthetic needs to fit if you gain or lose two or three pounds, let alone if you're a young growing child. Okay? Mm. Um, and so I signed up for this ride and it changed my life. Because I realized here were a bunch of people who had had hard things happen to them. And they were out doing hard things anyway. Mm -hmm. And I cannot express to you the joy that has come into my life because of cycling and triathlon and community. and. I do not want a seven-year-old not to be able to go to recess and play soccer with his friends because he's missing a leg. I, I just don't want to live in that world. So I'm always out raising money and awareness for CAF. This October, we'll be riding down the coast again uh, with the goal. Um, my my big goal is to to raise a million bucks for CAF in my life. And I'm more than halfway there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. So the you can do hard things comes full circle. And really perpetuates. You know, it it. It's like the blood that circulates through your veins, isn't it? And I am grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So first of all, thank you for sharing um, your, your recipe of joy and wisdom and the mantra of you can do hard things. And if anybody is listening that is interested in reaching out to you, finding out how you can um, inspire or support them in their journey, or if they're interested in CAF, or if they just need a a dose of Christy, how, how would somebody get a hold of you? Well, it's the day and age of multiple channels, right? So you can call or text 916-947-1855. You can email my dental CMO, chief marketing officer, my dental CMO at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at K14 Nation. You can go to 200k4caf.com, 200k4caf.com and see what we're doing this year. You can go to challengeathletes.org and learn more about the organization directly from them. And if you just want to read some good stuff, check out the blog on the website, mydentalcmo.com. Always some good stuff there at the bottom of the homepage. Mm -hmm. 
Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that we get all of those links, details in our show notes so that um, if you're listening, you can go back to the show notes and find all of that. And I would just like to say that um, for a numbers gal, we didn't talk numbers. And you know what? I have a feeling that if you're half as good at numbers as you are at this other stuff, wow. (laughs) We'll save our numbers talk for another time. Awesome. Talk to part two part two yes the exciting conclusion it's going to be better than back to the future part two okay awesome all right well thank you so much christy um you we are leaving feeling feeling better feeling inspired feeling like we are a better version of ourselves after talking with you today so um just know we adore you and we adore our listeners. So uh, check out Christy and we will see you all on our next episode of the Make Door Podcast. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Laura. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye, everybody.